Good evening. Our top story tonight, Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims, the wide receiver, one in the making for the Denver Broncos. Yes, it will be Jerry Judy this year, but Marvin Mims is set to follow a Brandon Cook's career arc. Can't wait to see it. We've got that and many more updates from training camp on player profiler today. So we talked about this a little bit yesterday. It is unfortunate. We got confirmation today that it is a torn Achilles for Tim Patrick. He will miss the season. I know there's a chance that he comes back at the end. We've seen some people rush back from Achilles injury like Cam Akers. It's a very, very small chance. He hasn't officially been put on the injured reserve yet. We'll see about that. But for all intents and, purpose, all intents and purposes, his season is essentially over. Is Marvin Mims at 201 too high in rookie drafts? No, absolutely not. Theo Greminger has been on the Marvin Mims train for months now, and he's been right. Marvin Mims has been a stud at every point of his career. He had the most receiving yards in the history of Texas high school football. That is insane. Texas, the ultimate football state, and Marvin Mims is more productive than any high schooler that Texas has ever seen. And then he goes to college, and he breaks out immediately. 610 yards on 37 receptions, over 20 yards per reception, nine touchdowns as a freshman. That was good for a breakout there. 18 and a half breakout age. That is 96th percentile for Marvin Mims. And he was good at commanding targets all throughout college. Commanded a 22.4% college target share, 63rd percentile. And he did so with a variety of different quarterbacks. He had Caleb Williams for a period of time. He had Spencer Rattler for a period of time. I don't even know who was Oklahoma's quarterback because no one cared about Oklahoma last year except for Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims goes out, runs a 4-3-8-40. That is 94th percentile at the wide receiver position. Guy can blaze, and Guy is a good route runner as well. He can separate. He can get it done in a variety of ways. 123 receptions during his three years at the University of Oklahoma. 2,398 yards and 20 touchdowns. That was 19 and a half yards per reception from Marvin Mims. Kid was a stud. In high school, kid was a stud in college, and he's set to be a stud in the NFL. And we have seen Sean Payton get plenty of success with these speedsters over the years. Speedsters far less talented than Marvin Mims. We saw Devery Henderson and Robert Meacham average over 24 yards per reception in 2008. Now, granted, that was with Drew Brees in his prime, but... Every Henderson and Robert Meacham are no Marvin Mims. And they did it another year, over 15 yards per reception in 2011 and 2009. Lance Moore, y'all remember him? Lance Moore had over 100 targets in a season. Lance Moore can't hold a candle to Marvin Mims. He averaged over 16 yards per, per reception in 2012. We saw Kenny Stills and Robert Meacham do it in 2013. Over 20 yards per reception in 2013 from two wide receivers. This 
is a coach who is not afraid to huck it deep. And Russell Wilson is a quarterback who is not afraid to huck it deep. That was a lot of the problem last year. The magic of Russell Wilson is his ability to roll out of the pocket, kind of scramble around, and then just chuck it deep. And it's not always going to work, but when it, you have DK Metcalf, when you have Tyler Lockett, it's going to work more often than it doesn't. But that's not a sustainable way to play offense when you're hucking it downfield to Cortland Sutton and he's not separating. But you know who is going to separate downfield? Marvin Mims. Hell, we saw Traquan Smith average 15 yards per reception in 2018. We are in for some big play potential for Marvin Mims. But the volume that could be coming his way, now that could be a lot higher than we anticipate. He's going to be the wide receiver three from day one. He is going to beat out Marquez Calloway. That is no contest. And I don't know if you remember, back in the day, Sean Payton, when he was with the New Orleans Saints, they drafted a speedy wide receiver. Now, granted, it was in the first round, but... They drafted a speedy wide receiver out of Oregon State, Brandon Cooks. Could Marvin Mims be Sean Payton's Brandon Cooks? We'll get to that right after this word from the Podfather. Hey, you're in your fantasy draft and someone says, hey, that guy's injury prone. I don't want him. And you're like, I don't know. I don't think you can predict injuries. Well, guess what? Now you can. Injury proneness is real. At Player Profiler, we have the data on these players, and it's all in the Injury Finder app. Their injury track record back through time, exactly where they were injured, how severe it is. We look at the BMI data, and we crunch it all together, and we give you probabilities that a player will miss multiple games this NFL season, as well as the complete database of NFL injuries and the ability to compare two players and look at their injury track record. The Injury Finder is powerful, and it's only 5 bucks. If it's worth it to have that peace of mind when you're drafting, go get it. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember... Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. And you can go and draft Marvin Mims over on the FFPC. But if you remember, as a rookie, Brandon Cooks, now he only played 10 games, but in those 10 games, he had 550 yards, three touchdowns, and 53 receptions. Pretty good season for Brandon Cooks as a rookie. 13.9 PPR points. That was the wide receiver 22 in points per game alongside a pretty talented roster at the time. We had Jimmy Graham, the tight end two of the season, the wide receiver one for the New Orleans Saints, led the team in targets, led the team in receptions. Brandon Cooks, still the wide receiver 22 playing alongside him alongside Marquez Colston, who was again on the back end of his career at that point. But Marquez Colston still had 
wide receiver 41 in points per game. And Kenny Stills, the wide receiver 36 in points per game, 931 yards from Kenny Stills that season. And Brandon Cook still put up numbers in the games that he played. Now, Jerry Judy, probably comparable to the Jimmy Graham of this offense, Cortland Sutton, the Marquez Colston, and Greg Dolchich can be the Kenny Stills, or maybe Greg Dolchich is Marquez Colston and Cortland Sutton's Kenny Stills. It doesn't matter either way. There will be room for Marvin Mims to produce in this Denver Broncos offense. The defense isn't as good as people think. They took some steps back over last year. Now, Damari Mathis, he had a great season as a rookie, but he is still a fourth rounder heading into a second year. And coverage stats in the NFL from year to year are very, very finicky. And the edge rush isn't where it was before. They lost defensive tackle Draymond Jones. So this is a defense that might be overrated in the minds of many. Russell Wilson going to have to pass more than a lot of people think. So the wide receiver 22 in points per game that Brandon Cooks put up as a rookie, that's totally within the realm of possibility. Then as a sophomore, Brandon Cooks played 16 games. He was the wide receiver. Or, oh, wide receiver 19 in points per game. Jeez Louise, my apologies. 126 targets from Brandon Cooks as a sophomore. 1,000. 138 yards and nine touchdowns plus 18 rushing yards. And as a rookie, by the way, Brandon cooks ended up rushing for 73 yards and a touchdown. Could Marvin Mims get involved in the end around game? Very possibly. And then Brandon cooks year three, the best season of his career, the highest fantasy points per game of Brandon cooks career, 16.4 points per game. He was the wide receiver nine in points per game. But he actually wasn't even as good as his own teammate. Michael Thomas was the wide receiver seven that season. Michael Thomas outplayed Brandon Cooks when he was a rookie. That's why they traded Brandon Cooks to the New England Patriots. But Brandon Cooks had a very, very successful career with Sean Payton. Sean Payton chose Brandon or chose Marvin Mims to replicate this Brandon Cooks role. And that is great news. Marvin Mims. By the end of the season, he is going to be the second in targets behind Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton is going to be phased out. He'll still be the wide receiver three, but Marvin Mims. Over the final four games, Marvin Mims will absolutely outproduce Cortland Sutton. He'll outproduce Greg Dolchich. And over the final four games, that might be the time that Marvin Mims could even pass Jerry Judy in terms of commanding this offense. That's how good Marvin Mims is. And the fact that we were able to get him in the mid-second round, late second round sometimes, whoo, people are going to be regretting that for years to come. Some other updates around the NFL. The Hall of Fame game. Thursday night football, the Hall of Fame game. We've got the New York Jets versus the Cleveland Browns. Now, we won't see Deshaun Watson. We also won't even see Josh Dobbs, the backup quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. And we won't see, of course, Aaron Rodgers. But Zach Wilson will be playing for the Jets. And there are things to watch for in this preseason game. Now, it's not going to be anything spectacular. We're going to see plenty of Travis Dye running the football for the New York Jets as the game goes on. But what I'm interested to see is, do we see any of these other running backs for the New York Jets? Does Bam Knight play? Does Michael Carter play? Because we've heard reports that Bam Knight has passed Michael Carter on the depth chart. So what if Bam Knight sits and Michael Carter starts? That's a bad sign for Michael Carter. 
will Israel Abanacanda play and how much? I want to see that Israel Banacanda, someone that we loved in the pre-draft process, got drafted later than we hoped, but that could be exciting. He could end up playing himself into a role. We're also going to be looking out for Jerome Ford. Does Jerome Ford play at all? Or does he get the starter treatment with the rest of this Cleveland Browns offense? These are the things we are going to be looking for. Now, obviously, we're not going to see Garrett Wilson. Even if Garrett Wilson didn't have the ankle sprain, he wouldn't be playing. But it is interesting to note that Garrett Wilson is working out and he does expect to be back Sunday for the New York Jets. Just a short blip of an injury for Garrett Wilson. Hopefully he comes back stronger than ever. And the final thing that I will be watching for from the Cleveland Browns is the wide receiver rotation. Now, obviously, going to be no Amari Cooper. Going to be no Marquise Goodwin. He's not practicing. Neither is Anthony Schwartz. Will there be any Donovan Peoples-Jones? Probably not. Elijah Moore, no. But will we see Cedric Tillman? Will we see Dalen Baldwin? Because Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, and Dalen Baldwin, those were the three names given by the Cleveland Browns offense coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, when asked who stepped up in Amari Cooper's absence. No mention of Donovan Peoples-Jones. Instead, we got Elijah Moore, who we know, They love Elijah Moore. He's even getting read options with Deshaun Watson at this point. Love to see that. But we also heard a shout out to Cedric Cedric Tillman, who we believe will replace Donovan Peoples-Jones next year. DPJ, a free agent after this season, Cedric Tillman would step right in for him. And will we see Dalen Baldwin, who reportedly had a really good training camp so far, maybe ahead of even David Bell in the pecking order? Lots to watch for in this Hall of Fame game. We're not going to see the starters, but it's going to be interesting to see who gets starter treatment and who is out there running with the twos and threes. And speaking of running with the twos and threes, that is something Anthony Richardson did not do today. We talked about it. Missed one day of practice to have his septum and his nose fixed. That's this thing that separates your nostrils. Anthony Richardson returns to practice and is 100% repping it out with the starters takes every single rep with the first team offense. It hasn't been announced yet, but Anthony Richardson will be starting week one, even though he didn't have a good practice today. Anthony Richardson, hundred percent of the reps with the starters had a pretty midday by all accounts. But the fact that he is getting those reps, he is taking those live action reps against the first team. And the fact that this is his first kind of meh practice Now, that's all right. Anthony Richardson, he will learn as the season goes on. Anthony Richardson might be the most dangerous quarterback in fantasy football come the end of the season with his rushing ability. Once he figures it out, it's going to be dangerous. And it also might be dangerous for Will Levis. Will Levis has been carving up the third-team defense. He's been so good that he graduated and now gets to go against the second-team defense, and he has a great practice. He's throwing touchdowns with the second team. Now, almost had an interception because his receivers couldn't hold on to the ball. Will Levis with an absolute cannon of an arm, and these second-teamers aren't ready for it after catching passes from Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. Will Levis working with the second team, looking good. Will Levis showing that he does have what it takes to be a starter in the NFL. He's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to work his way up there. But Will Levis has all the makings of a starter in the NFL. 
And I believe he gets there. Looking at some other rookies around the NFL, the smaller guys, Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, they are getting all sorts of hype. And of course, these are the practices where they will do it. The low contact, no tackling. But even then, when the pads come on, Tank Dell is such a fantastic separator, an elite separator per offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick, that it might not matter. This is a very unsettled wide receiver depth chart. Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, Tank Dell, John Mechie. It's wide open. Xavier Hutchinson could even end up starting some games. Tank Dell looking like a player that could be a fixture in this Texans offense. Same with Zay Flowers. He is cooking for the Baltimore Ravens, as is Odell Beckham Jr. Lamar Jackson is slicing and dicing. Moving on to the tight ends, though. The Raiders have cut tight end OJ Howard, which means it is only Austin Hooper standing in the way of Michael Mayer. If Michael Mayer can beat out Austin Hooper, then he will be the starting tight end week one for the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's very doable. Austin Hooper is the cardboard cutout of a starter. I mean, he can start for some teams if you don't have anyone behind him, but Michael Mayer can do everything that Austin Hooper can from day one. It'll take some time to adjust, but Michael Mayer much more worthy of getting snaps for this Raiders team. Just let him go early. No sense in playing Austin Hooper. He can do some of the blocking stuff to keep Jimmy G safe, but get Michael Mayer out there as often as possible. And this leads me to believe that we will have three tight ends that are rookies starting on day one. We already know. That's going to happen for Luke Musgrave. He's been doing it since OTA, since minicamp. We already know Sam Laporta going to be starting for the Detroit Lions. He's been doing it for a couple weeks now since training camp kicked off. But now it looks like Michael Mayer is going to be the third starting tight end from this rookie class. Notice I did not include Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid still not set to start because Dawson Knox is going to be the Y. He's going to be the inline tight end. He's going to be the guy with the hand in the dirt. Now, we will see plenty of two tight end packages from the Buffalo Bills. This is, some, is something they want to do. This is something they are doing plenty in practice. Sometimes it's a pure two tight end set, both of them on the line of scrimmage. Sometimes it's Dawson Knox on the line of scrimmage with Dalton Kincaid and an H-back or off the line of scrimmage. And sometimes they run two tight ends. Dalton Kincaid is the slot receiver. Now, it's not going to be their base offense two tight end sets. That's not going to happen. But we could end up seeing 40% snap rate. And then there will be packages where Dawson Knox is off the field and Dalton Kincaid is on the field. But there's going to be three starting tight ends from this rookie class. And Dalton Kincaid isn't one of them. Which tight end of the four do you like best long-term? I really like Luke Musgrave. I think Luke Musgrave has a prime opportunity to produce this year. He has elite athleticism, elite speed. I think he's going to be a weapon for this Green Bay Packers offense. But honestly, Sam Laporte is going to be a feature for the Detroit Lions too. I do believe that Dalton Kincaid is going to be a fantasy producer in the future. I just don't think it's this year. So with this rookie tight end class, I really, really like all four of these guys. It's weird. I'm not a tight end guy, but this rookie class is just built different. Other news around the NFL. Calvin Ridley 
you want the good news first or the bad news first? The bad news is Calvin Ridley leaves practice early. Looks like he overheated, heads to the cooling tent. But the good news is Calvin Ridley stole the show. He roasted absolutely everybody today in practice. I don't know if you've been seeing these Calvin Ridley training camp videos, but the man is fit. The man is fast. The man is agile. His feet are just unbelievable. Calvin Ridley giving it 100% every single play. Calvin Ridley, I still think it's going to be a bit of a struggle returning to the NFL. He's still going to be in a 1A, 1B situation with Christian Kirk. But Calvin Ridley is going to have some games. This Jaguars offense is going to have a lot of games. So will the 49ers. But in practice right now, Ah, poor Brock Purdy. I mean, this defense is insane. But the offensive line has become a problem against the 49ers defense. They allowed eight sacks today. Four of them with the first team offense. Brock Purdy sacked four times. One was his fault. One was kind of borderline his fault, borderline O-line. And then two, just the offensive line got absolutely whooped. But the good news for Brock Purdy is when he didn't get sacked, he completes eight of 10 passes. He has his best day of practice yet. Brock Purdy is going to be the starter week one. We've known this all along, and he just continues to shake off the rust, continues to improve. Trey Lance, on the other hand, he also has a good day. Three days in a row of solid practice from Trey Lance. We're hearing he outsnaps Sam Darnold as well and does better in practice than Sam Darnold. So, could Trey Lance end up staying with the 49ers as a backup? Will they really keep Trey Lance and Sam Darnold behind Brock Purdy? Well, we know they don't want to have no quarterback. We know they're going to be carrying three quarterbacks all season long. So just something to think about. Could Trey Lance really stay with the 49ers and not practice at all? Some unfortunate injury news across the NFL. Travion Williams, the Bengals running back, he was carted off the field earlier today. Though we do hear that it is an ankle sprain. He's set to miss a couple weeks. No word if it is a high or a low ankle sprain. But seems as though Travion Williams avoided serious injury. Now, this does hurt his chances to be that running back too for the Cincinnati Bengals. He could very well be passed by Chase Brown, passed by Chris Evans. Because this depth chart is wide open for the Cincinnati Bengals. Travion Williams gets the first crack. Other guys ready to step up behind him. And the same thing can be said for the Minnesota Vikings. Alexander Madison limps off the field earlier today. Now, he doesn't go to the training room. Alexander Madison does the veteran leader thing, suffers an injury, and stays out there for the rest of practice. But he did leave practice early. We don't think it's serious, but this will just allow the running backs behind him to show out with the first team offense. Ty Chandler is an electric running back. Kenan Wongwu has breakaway speed. And we've all heard about Dwayne McBride, no matter what Dwayne McBride looks like he's the real deal with the Minnesota Vikings in training camp. So Alexander Madison, the injury is probably nothing, but every day he misses is just another day for the rest of this running back class or this running back group to shine behind him and prove that, hey, this is a committee. Alexander Madison, maybe he plays 50% of the snaps. He's the lead back, but he's not a bell cow. Javante Williams also gets his first day off of practice tomorrow. Javante Williams hasn't missed a practice yet, has done absolutely everything, every drill he has done to completion. Javante Williams really making this comeback impressive enough Takes his first day off tomorrow, but this was 
a pre-planned day off and that's okay. Some of these load management days that we're seeing from Romandre Stevenson, he returns today. He practices in full. They're calling it load management, whatever. He's back with the starters, still worried about them talking with Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, but Romandre Stevenson at least looks like his health is going to be fine. But with the New England Patriots, we're also hearing bad news that Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne, and Mike Gusecki really aren't showing up in training camp. Mike Gusecki was a star in minicamp, but since training camp started, nothing. Tyquan Thornton, no targets today. Kendrick Bourne doesn't catch his only target. The Patriots missing out on DeAndre Hopkins and instead opting for Devontae Parker, Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton, Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm, it's looking like it might be a mistake. The fact that Devontae Parker is looking like a better receiver than Kendrick Bourne and Tyquan Thornton, that is not a good thing at all. And it's not a good thing that teams are calling the Indianapolis Colts about Jonathan Taylor. It appears that other teams see the value in Jonathan Taylor. They are picking up the phone. They are talking to Jim Ursay, except not actually. They're actually talking to Chris Ballard, who will then present the trade once it's deemed acceptable to Jim Ursay. Seems as though Jim Ursay is digging in his heels that he might refuse to trade Jonathan Taylor altogether, but... We're hearing that there are multiple teams interested, including the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs may right the wrong of several drafts ago when they selected Clyde edwards Elaire over Jonathan Taylor. Imagine Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line with Patrick Mahomes. And oh my goodness, I don't know if any of you pay attention to Coach JB. He was on Last Chance U. He has this talk show. It's not very good. Doesn't say anything in formative, especially when he comes and talks about the Kansas City Chiefs interior offensive line and how he doesn't trust it. Talking about how, oh, I like their tackle additions. Jawan Taylor, and he's a good offensive tackle at right tackle. And then Donovan Smith at left tackle, who had a really bad year last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Talking about how much he likes the tackle additions, but all that interior offensive line, the interior offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs, according to Coach JB, is suspect even though they have the best center in the NFL in Creed Humphrey. All pro as a rookie, Creed Humphrey. Even though they have one of the best guards in the NFL as Joe Tooney, multi-time all pro. Even though they have Trey Smith, who was at least a pro bowler as a rookie. This is why you have to be careful what content you consume. There are a lot of grifters out there pretending they know ball when they absolutely do not. That's why you tune into Player Profiler today. You hear updates about the Kansas City Chiefs pursuing Jonathan Taylor. And you hear updates about the Las Vegas Raiders looking to bring Josh Jacobs back into the fold. They have reached out. They have called him. And they're willing to talk. They are willing to do a one-year deal in the vein of Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs might be coming home. We may get a happy ending to this story after all. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.